For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. Welcome to the Pro Cheerleading Podcast, hosted by Makiba and Brittany, two former NFL cheerleaders discussing hot topics in the pro cheerleading industry and revealing the truth behind the palms. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Pro Cheerleading Podcast Cheer Chat for this week's episode. Sorry about last week. Um, you know, it is what it is. But this week, the episode's called Let Me Blow Your Mind by EBE. I love her. She's a Scorpio too. I keep what your that. friend? No, sorry, Eve, the rapper. <laughs> <laughs> the rapper. Well, last week was Makiba's birthday, so hopefully you reached out to her and wish her a happy oh, birthday. Thank you she to everybody that. who did. That was super sweet. Thank you, thank you, thank you. One year older, wiser, older, but uh, <laughs> no, it was great. And this week's episode, we're talking to. Uh, an old friend of mine named Adrienne Santillary. Uh She is a former Sixers dancer for 12 awesome seasons, and she kind of went up the ranks for the organization, ended up being a coach there as well. So you'll get to have that interview later on, but we have a lot to catch up on a little bit. Cheer chat. So what have you guys been up to? It's like veteran sages past. Hopefully everybody did something to celebrate the men and women of the armed forces. I think a very special special time totally and seahawks totally blew out the freaking like <laughs> 49ers yes that game was they killed sick. it oh seriously. my gosh so that was like such a great game to watch it like nuts that was monday night right yeah yes. totally monday night you just got back from your trip to no no that was so great i wish i could have stayed longer because the falcons played the saints um sunday when i left so unfortunately i wasn't able to stay for that and that was a big upset because the Falcons won. It was crazy. The NFL gets juicy this time of year. I love it. Yeah. I love it. No, so, it's fun. I think uh, I really enjoyed New Orleans, obviously. It's just such a happy place for me because the food is amazing. I ate and ate and ate and ate and uh, had a really, really good time. Well, you look amazing, too. Thank you. Yeah. Like extra like, fluffy. Yeah. Extra fluffy. I have, like, really chapped lips, and I'm <laughs> sick. But anyways. Oh, my gosh. No, I felt sick coming off the airplane. You know, it's just that yeah. time of year. Everybody's got the sniffles and the allergies. I think there's, like, the fall seasonal allergies. So take care of yourselves, you guys. I know I'm, I probably sound – actually, I was sick during the interview with Adrian. That's when I felt my worst, I think, right. the Sunday. Um, so – if I sound like a dead fish, that's good. What, what do dead fish sound like? I don't know. You know what I mean. <laughs> if I sound out of it, that's why. But it was a super cool conversation that we can't wait to share with you. But first, we'll dive into some cheer, cheer chat. <sighs> so, okay, let's do it. Rewinding a little bit, I think it was last week that we finally hit our number that we had our eyes on for a while. 20,000 downloads. High five. Yay. Thank you guys so much for all your support. Um, you know, we had the cheerversary and just a lot building up to celebrating that moment. So thank you to everyone that we've interviewed. Gosh, you guys helped make the podcast what it is. I mean, you know, we started out and it was just us talking about topics that about our space, but to be able to 
you know, interview people that we look up to and have such great content for you guys to consume. And, and you guys actually consumed it. Like, thank you. <laughs> I know. 20,000 is a big number. Like It's crazy. We wanted to reach it by our anniversary, but nonetheless, we hit it, like, less than a week later. So yeah. we're just a few days off, but... Yeah, in we appreciate the support. In a year's time, that's a big deal. So we thank you all thank for you. helping us get there. It's huge, and it gives just a nice little Mwah. to our one-year anniversary. So totally. thank you guys so much. I had to shout that out. And then just, like, we're noticing, I think with everything going on, sometimes it gets a little crazy, but we also don't want to take for granted all of the new followers on social media or new listeners to the podcast. You know, you start to see a trend and maybe it's like a team, maybe somebody discovered it and maybe they share it with everybody. But I think it's the Dallas Sidekicks dancers. I started noticing that we were getting some follows for them. So yeah. hi, everybody. And who else? Like just some interesting teams that, I, you know, we would never know about. But it was the Niagara Ice Girls was one of them and Jacksonville Jewels. I'm looking because I don't know the names very well. <laughs> um, but just that we're trying to open it as broadly as possible. Right. So. We appreciate you guys following, and for any of the individual accounts for some of these teams, we'll try to follow as much as we can as well, because it's kind of hard to try to keep up with everything and everybody, but reach out to us. Let us know any exciting things going on with your teams, and we'll be watching and keeping up with the sidelines, right? Yeah. Trying to, anyway. I know. I feel like we've been so busy, but yeah, we're definitely trying to keep up with it, and we're about to wrap up our... Like one year celebration season, season yeah. four, right? Season four That's wraps crazy. next week. So our interview with Janine Samuels is next week, and we're super excited about that. It was just such a great interview that we thought it kind of should just serve as our season finale because it was just such an inspirational tip to end everything on. So stay tuned for that because you're in for a really good treat. I think everybody will be just super motivated after listening to her episode. So and then that's kind of it for a while, know, right? So, uh, we thank you for just sticking with us this fourth season, and again, just sharing, the, spreading the, sharing the spread, sharing the, <laughs> sharing the Nutella spread, spreading the word about the podcast, and sharing it with your friends and all of that. We just appreciate you a lot, right? And you kind of wanted to touch on the fact that we're looking to expand, just across cheerleading in general so we definitely kind of want to touch on like college cheer right yeah what do you guys think about that because we're you know we're covering pro cheerleading and pro dance right but knowing that you know the generations and I think that was really something that comes up in the interview with Adrian you know everything's constantly evolving and knowing that the college cheerleaders and dancers are the future of our industry right so that would expand the scope of what we cover in a way that almost makes my head spin but at the same time it's exciting to think about trying to at least make an attempt to cover some of the college dance teams Um, we know they have the competition in florida every year but i think a lot of the people that we've interviewed that are choreographers work with some of those teams so we're going to Get your thoughts. I don't know. Let us know. Do you think we should try to incorporate college world into the pro cheerleading world for now, at least in terms of just trying to follow it? I think that'd be fun. I think so, too. Like, let's go to one of the competitions, one of the big ones. That would be kind of fun. That would be really fun. Actually, we should. Why why can't it coincide with Pro Bowl? And then we could just do all of it together. That would be ideal. Perfect. Orlando's kind of far. But It it would be exciting to watch because, you know, all the dopest choreographers, like I know... Michelle and Shannon Perez, like they're all super involved with 
I'm like, all that <laughs> stuff over there. Um, what led into that was looking at this article that came up on my feed about concussions in cheerleading and not necessarily just college you know there's high school cheerleaders there's obviously like competition cheerleaders there's a whole world of cheerleaders out there and concussions is a big problem that's not really getting the attention that it deserves and so we'll share a link to a video I think it was like inside edition Mm -hmm. that did a video interviewing four women that had some really gruesome concussions head injuries from stunting and we're seeing stunting moving into pro cheerleading with the Titans. I mean, the Ravens have been doing it, but it's something that scares the bejesus out of me. Like, I wouldn't do any kind of pro cheerleading if it was, like, high school or college, to be honest. Like, yeah. when people ask, like, do you do the flips? Do you do the stunts? And, like, all that stuff. I'm like, no, we don't. We just dance. And, I mean, just saying just dance kind of cuts it short. But yeah. we definitely aren't doing the crazy athletic tossing and stuff that high schoolers are doing in college and they're expecting other high schoolers to catch them like that's kind of like mind-blowing that well and the part that makes it so crazy and you'll hear it in the video is just that it'd be one thing if we had like the the medical uh personnel that's on hand to administer care and the part that really was striking was one of the girls mentioned that like as cheerleaders you're expected to like bounce back up off the ground near death and just keep it pushing you're supposed to smile you're not supposed to complain they don't have access to trainers they don't have the medical attention that they should be getting I mean they're young enough to maybe be on their parents insurance and stuff but when you think about pro cheerleaders and you know I'm hoping that with the Ravens and the Titans that they provide that support for their cheerleaders especially when it comes to injuries Um, because crap happens you're outside you know I think the Titans and the Ravens have an outdoor stadium just even high school football players get more, like, medical attention and, yeah. you know, time in the gym and whatnot. Like, more access to more resources to stay healthy than, than we dancers do. and cheerleaders. Like, it's, it's starting young, and it's making us not want to speak out when we do go to that professional level to ask for that help because it's never exactly. been given to us. Exactly, and it's something that needs to be provided, especially when you're involved in a lot more riskier activity and it's just something that, you know, in the NBA also has stunt teams too. So this right. is something that's, I think, for people who are in high school, college, you're seeing um, a way to continue that as part of your career. But just understanding the risks because I think it scares me. I don't know. When Same. I was cheering at Georgetown, I'll never forget. And Tiffany Bacon, I know that's her name. Yeah, that's her last name now. She was a former Redskins cheerleader, but we danced together at, at Georgetown. But I will never forget, it was a game inside, you know, the arena on campus, and it was just, she just got dropped, literally, like, hard as hell on the court, and I just, and, you know, you are taught, like, you just get up, and she bounced up and just kept, kept it pushing, but she was hurt, like, it's just something that's always scared me. Did I meet her? Yes. Yes. Okay. Yes, yeah. At the, um, audition. Yeah. She totally was a flyer. Like, oh petite, yeah, beautiful yep. woman. So, yep. She was from California. But it's yeah. You don't want to mess up that routine. Like, you don't want to mess up the rest of your teammates. So you kind of just like keep it pushing. You feel and so act much like, pressure to act like nothing happened. And I just remember I wanted to stand there and look because I was just like it just was such a huge splat and. You know, it's just something that breaks my heart and scares me. And I always would like let me flip. I'll flip all day long. At least it's just me. I could do everything right, and my partner can drop me on the, my head. Like, I just was never really okay. I hated doing yeah. it. I hated it so much. 
Right. You just preferred tumbling on your I own. I did. Right? Yeah, was, okay. I'm, I mean. I'll drop into the splits in the front and point, but I'm not going to, like, <laughs> get thrown in the air. No, thank which you. Which you're a perfect flyer, too, because well, you're petite so, yeah. oh, and, God. you know. My, my partner, I mean, I know I'm way off topic, <laughs> but my partner is this huge guy, Alex. I probably had plenty of room to land on him because he was humongous, um, just buff and huge, but he would we would be in the air like who are all these cheerleaders out here if you know like you know they throw you up and they catch your feet i hated this one catch you my did butt. that oh, yeah i hated it but i did but um, my thing was the chair just let me sit on your hand i got plenty back there you could just that i feel safe <laughs> i feel secure but with doing hands or whatever they call it now maybe it's not the same thing like he would want to extend me but no. I was so literally we are arguing in the air because he would want to I would bend at the knees and just <laughs> fall back <laughs> and die no and you can't die. do that but like I would be pushing my feet down so that he could not lift. try to lift me but I'm like do not do it like we would argue in the air cuz he he was a good stunter and he really wanted to do more exciting things but he, he was my you partner to trust him. he was my partner I trusted him but nope no I trusted him to hold my butt that was the extent of it anyway the point is we feel for you guys and really just want to raise the awareness. I mean, there's really not much you can do except start demanding health, like especially using your parents. Like these parents should really be trying to push for adequate care for and medical attention to be accessible to these girls during practice and not just games. And, you know, just take care of yourselves. It's a dangerous sport and it's amazing to watch. Like, I'm curious, we have to reach out to Michelle and talk to her, like, even for the Blazers stunt team that they have, and there are other teams in the NBA that have stunt teams, like, that's another, that's a hard court, man. Like, it's not turf, football. And they're up in the high levels doing those (gasps) lifts. Oh, my God. When we saw that, we were getting scared. I was like, wait, you're not going to lift her? Like, and yeah. yeah, They stunt in the... I don't know how to explain it. I don't know how to explain it either. There's different platforms in the arena, so they're actually up high, and Lord knows how much space they're working with. Like in terms of the width of their platforms, it's super impressive. But god dang, I, I was I refused to look after a while because I just got too nervous. <sighs> I don't want to end on the back topic, but it was just <laughs> something that made me think like maybe we should try to broaden who we're talking about because True. that is something that actually does weave right up into you know pro cheerleading totally and dance. So they better start giving us some dang on health benefits. That's all I'm gonna say. Yeah, we need a union, guys. I mean, let's just. Next season, right? We'll talk more about unionization <laughs> next season. Um, anyway, I think that was kind of cheer chat. Brittany and I were talking because, you know, this Let Me Blow Your Mind episode with Adrian. just so you guys know a little bit about Philly. Like, Philly's got, like, I love it. I mean, I went to law school there, and it's got this, like, edge to it. You know, it's not, it's different from the New York edge, too. It's a very, like, matter-of-fact, little bit in your face, and you know like get over yourself kind of mentality and it kind of you'll hear it in the interview but I just really want I'm excited for you guys to hear Adrian's perspective because 12 years in the NBA with the Sixers and moving into leadership roles and just kind of seeing the evolution of the industry her perspective was really unique and you know we all been not preaching to the choir but kind of you know everybody has similar opinions about things but this is a little bit different and you know it may not be something that you would have thought but once you listen to her you're like oh shit well she's got a point it's one of those things where it's kind of like the truth behind the palms like the real deal Holyfield and I love her for that she's just so amazing and she's had a tremendous amount of success and I just think once again this platform is like trying to give 
a chance to hear these stories because there's so many greats like Lindsay Rosenberg comes to mind where she just kind of was giving us like a little history of pro cheerleading and like right. it's not that old of an industry you guys and there's not like a Wikipedia page for it where you can get like the breakdown of you know what teams popped up when and like who the play- big players were that became choreographers or directors and so I find it fascinating. I just think she had a lot to offer the conversation, and she's so funny. <laughs> her <laughs> accent so funny. and her everything, like, I just was all over it. You're so right. She's just the real deal. Like, she just says it how it is, and I think it gives a different perspective to a lot of mm-hmm. other opinions we've been hearing yeah. for the last three, four seasons. So it's definitely worth a listen. Yeah. We're and we're to share it open with you. to some feedback from you guys, you know. Yeah, it, that's always. the best part. Like, yeah. let us know what you think. And, you know, I think the more it generates discussion, the better, because luckily we're, things have been a little quieter. You know, we haven't had a lot of news to erupt any. Which and, is good. Which is good. You know, no news is good news. But yeah, let's just keep the dialogue going. We have some really. I wish there was a pro cheerleading hall of fame. I told Adrian like she would be one that <laughs> I would put her in there because you know that's a huge feat to be with one team for that long and you know at a time where you're helping build something and establish what what is there today or kind of like not there today. I'm still not clear on whether there's a Sixers team or not. Yeah, a Sixers dance team. But regardless, enjoy this episode. We missed you and we got one more episode, you guys. One great episode in store for you next week at a regular time this is a little late i'm gonna edit and then you know get it to you when we get it to you (laughs) (laughs) it's coming we promise but in the meantime keep your eyes on the sidelines Sidelines. (laughs) (laughs) and enjoy these games you guys nba's popping nfl's popping there there are some other sports obviously popping that during the off season we're going to definitely try to catch up on so that we can start getting you guys to talk to us next season yeah, and we're heading to the Bay Area this weekend, so oh my who gonna check me, boo? Like, who's gonna like holler at us? Let's and just be hope like, Brittany and I get on the goddamn plane, whether we're intoxicated or not. Who knows? But we are going full Raiders mode. Like, I want the outfit. Yep. I hear the weather's gonna be popping with seventies and stuff. Like, oh, can't wait. I'm just going to make my daddy proud. I'm wearing all black. I think I'm gonna I'm... buy a Raiders hat, baseball cap. I okay, think. keep it incognito. Yeah. Okay. What are you going to get, I think? I don't know. I just want, I want like a jacket. Like I want like a. Ooh, like a bomber jacket. I want a bomber jacket. Me too. <laughs> Whatever Makiba gets, I'm going to get. No, but I'm but so But two excited. sizes bigger. Okay. We're going so early. We're going to tailgate. <laughs> like this time we won't be in Seahawks gear, so it should ideally be yeah. a lot more fun for us. They aren't too mean to us. Raiders. <laughs> We're ready. Yeah. We will see you in the Bay and we can't wait to watch the Raiderettes. Thank you again to Danielle for the tickets and offering it because of from the airport like you are an angel thank you we're so excited she's gonna be hung over at the game <laughs> no she's not she's no she's not be great. she's an angel we're gonna have dinner a nice civilized dinner we're gonna go to red robin and keep it classy no i'm kidding oh my gosh we're gonna keep her in line oh yeah i mean she's not crazy okay no 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 she's a rookie she's gonna be good she's gonna be good but thank you so much we are so excited to see you beautiful ladies perform and the raiders have been doing it too so it's gonna be a good game they're playing the bingals or bingil not the bingals (laughs) (laughs) they are huh they're playing they're playing the bingals so i would imagine it would be a very successful game for the raiders what are you trying to say the Bengals are still winless, I think. <laughs> they have not won a game. Opposite of the We 49ers. love you, Bengals, but that must really be tough to not have one win. But keep, keep your hope alive, but after this game. <laughs> <laughs>
Maybe it'll be wow, the one after. Wow, we're mean. No, we're not. It's getting competitive. After the San Francisco 49ers game, I was... People are coming. Yeah, it's, it's getting down to the compound. So. Yeah. I talk my shit, so, hey. Hey. Come at me. No, I'm just kidding. Go check us, boo. <laughs> <laughs> All right, you guys have a great week. yourself and basically explain how you know Makiba. Oh my gosh, Makiba. So what was it? The kicks? Uh-huh. Oh my God. So I'm Adrian Santaleri and I am a 12-year alumni of the NBA. And I actually coached some other different types of teams, MISL being one of them, which is where I coached Makiba on the Philadelphia <laughs> Kicks soccer team. And we had a blast. Like, yeah. I have to say, my career as a NBA dancer led to so many different things. And I've, I had so much fun. I really did. What was your honest impression back then, Adrian? You could be honest. Of you? <laughs> oh, girl. Well, this was I like, this hired you. in law school. <laughs> you know, it's funny because I think the perception of her dancers is that, you know, we're just these girls that dance and that's it but we all actually have careers other than what we you know do as a pro dancer and for you I kind of was thinking what the hell is she wanting to do this for (laughs) really you know it's just that was my first impression yeah then when I saw you perform and dance I was like I have to have her on the team oh you're so sweet absolutely yeah (laughs) I'm so proud of you too by the way Thank you, Adrian. It's awesome. I I get so much joy, and I told you this before, out of seeing all the girls and what they've, you know, done with their careers and and just the avenues that they have gone down. Being a pro dancer, it opens all these other doors that you never, you know, knew in a million years existed. And for you, like that long ago. (laughs) Yeah. I don't want to date us, but you look like you're like 20. Three, but I mean, oh, stop it. that was a long time ago. And just for everybody to know, like I was in law school and uh, yeah. that was kind of when the itch started of missing dancing. And Lord knows, I just didn't know what I was doing. But, you know, in Philly, we had the Eagles and we had Sixers, which was mm-hmm. way out of my league technically. But um, oh, no. it was so fun. So fun. I know. So fun. I know. <laughs> it's, it's so Adrian, you know. were her coach? You I were Makita's coach? Wow. I know, right? That's so cool. It was really, really cool because most of the time, if you're going to coach, but you're already dancing for a team, they won't allow you to do both. Mm -hmm. But I was very fortunate where the kicks, they said, you know, yeah, we want her to coach too. And then the Sixers kind of worked with me and I could literally, if I was at a game for the Sixers, I could walk across as the kicks were, you know, playing and I could coach them, run back perform go back I mean it was crazy but it was you know between at the time the spectrum was there right so you know I could walk across the parking lot so wow (laughs) arenas were kind of clustered in the same area yeah so Mm -hmm. Adrian we're so excited to have you I mean I may have botched up the number of years but 12 years in the NBA with the Sixers is an incredible feat and like we talked about I don't think anybody can say that they've been with one team Mm -hmm. for that long I mean 
how did you get started and how old were you when, well, not that age matters, but I'm just curious, like, did you yeah. start when you were 18? With this well, business? you know, I did, <laughs> which okay. is a rarity, I think. And looking back, I realized it was a rarity, but I was a little ballerina. I danced for the Pennsylvania Academy of Ballet. So I never dreamed in my years that this is the avenue I would take. I always thought, you know, I danced professionally, which I already was doing at 17. Um, but then when I found out about this audition for the Sixers, I said, hey, you know, let me just go down there, see what it's all about, just see what that world's about. And after auditioning uh, a month out of high school, I was the top scorer out of 560 girls and got the first spot on the team, which wow. I, I have to say, I'm really proud of that. I really, truly am. So, and I'm not bragging. It's just, um, no, 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 it's totally, you know. yeah, brag. Yeah. And it's one of those things that's like you worked your whole life for. And you know, when you're not actually, not that I wasn't trying for it, but again, it wasn't an avenue that I was really aware of and all that, you know, went along with it. So when I auditioned, I, I really wasn't paying it quite attention to what I was actually getting myself into. Yeah. And so I just did it for the fun of it. And I think that's why, you know, I ended up in that position. So, yeah. Do you remember what the auditions were like? Like how many rounds and was it crazy? Oh, yeah. Yeah. 60 freaking people is crazy. You know, after 12 years, that's the audition that I remember the most. Mm -hmm. And, you know, because it was the one that impacted my life. And when I auditioned, we, I went down, it was at the, um, pretty sure it was, well, I think at the time it was the core state center. Mm -hmm. It was the first year. So we went down to the spectrum, the first round, and then they shot us over to the core state center. And after that round, we went to another round that same day. And at the time, everyone could just go in and people off the street could watch. So oh, really? It wasn't closed. Yeah. So I was like, ah, whatever, this is fun. You know, it's like performing you know, after it got serious and they had about 50 girls, they were like, oh, you're going to perform in front of a bar full of people at happy hour. And we're going to announce who gets on the team right there. And there's only 15 spots. So whoa. And then I kind of got nervous, you know, because I'm like, oh, no, we're going to do this, you know. Happy hour performance. Oh, yeah. It was called the Lagoon down in Essington. And it was, it was fun because again, I was only a month out of high school. And so I had just come back from Cancun for uh, senior week. And <laughs> it was so funny. Yeah. And um, I went to all girl Catholic school. So all of us girls were wilding out and being crazy. And on the plane, we met a group of guys that till this day are still friends with us. And they all came down to that audition and they watched me, cheered me on, and so yeah, I got picked right there. Yeah, that's so it was cool. Like, I was the first one announced, huh? Oh yeah, I, I couldn't even believe it. I was like, "There's no way," you know. But looking back, knowing what I know now, if I was in my 40s then, no way in a million years would I have done that, you know? Really? When no. When you know, when you're <laughs> young, you're not afraid of anything. That's true. That's you're true. really not. Yeah. Some wild and crazy things without thinking about, you know, anything. not knowing what you're getting into. It's still Absolutely. happening, I think, in some ways. <laughs> just jumping head first. Oh my yeah. God. And so was it all consecutive years with 
the Sixers over that yep. 12 year tenure back to back to back. Yeah, back to back to back. And it's crazy because at the time I didn't realize I was creating a career for myself. Mm-hmm. And I never thought you could create a career because the talk is that, you know, I mean, it's entertainment, it's pro sports entertainment. Other than the players being traded, you're yeah. just a number, right? So, you know, I got really, I say it's luck of the draw as well as just hard work and persistence and just enjoying what you do. But while I was there, I ended up, you know, making the team my first year. And then at the end of my second year, we had like exit interviews and they had said, do you want to be captain of the team? And I was like, you know, I'm only like 19 years old. Are you sure you want me the captain of the team? But I accepted. And the girl that was the captain my first year, she was like 10 years older than the rest of us, you know? Mm -hmm. So, uh, and she was awesome at being the captain. She was older, but she was married and then ended up getting pregnant, you know, and going Mm -hmm. down that road. Yes. So I accepted that. And it just one year led into the next, into the next, into the next. And then I found myself like, six years later, like, oh my God, what the hell am I still doing here? But I never wanted to leave. You know? It flies by. It really does. Right? I yeah. Know. It's like they had to kick me out of there, literally, you know, <laughs> to get rid of me. But would I do it all over again? Yeah, totally. Wow. I really did you end up doing All-Star as well? I did. That. I figured that, it. <laughs> yeah, that was, that was definitely an experience in itself. Towards the end of my career there, I was the coach and then director. So, um, and I also worked in the marketing department, which was pretty cool because that just was another opportunity that arose for me. So I worked in the live events department, hiring the anthemist and different Mm -hmm. entertainers, which was so fun. And I ran the tunnel and it was just a cool, cool experience, you know, but when All-Star came and I don't know if anybody else can attest to this, but when All-Star came to Philly, the NBA, they do not even care who you are. It's like, we're taking over. Yeah. We don't care who you are, what you do here. Like, it doesn't matter. And so they had us, I mean, we were sleeping in the offices at night because they had us doing so many things. Everything from like, MTV Rock and Jock to performing with Ludacris, Jermaine Dupree, like all those types of people. And then just mixing and mingling with companies and appearances. And it was like nonstop. We were exhausted. Oh my gosh. I remember but, that year in Philly, the All-Star Game. Right. It was a takeover. I mean, that happens, I guess, in every city that they have All-Star Weekend, but. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. That was craziness. Oh my gosh. You talked about that, Makiba. You told me yeah. about that a little bit. <laughs> oh god I had an embarrassing moment it was tell so huh? yeah, tell tell what? oh gosh, tell you guys this is supposed to be your locker talk moment okay well okay <laughs> especially coming off of a weekend in New Orleans what do I have to lose um that's luckily nothing like this happened there but all-star weekend you know there's parties galore and I think this was supposed to be a party that Puffy was having at the art museum sure God, I can't believe I'm saying this. This might get edited out. Um, But anyway, my friend uh, came up from Maryland and he knows my drink, but I swore I was drinking rum at the time and basically it was a light dark mix up. So, and uh, (laughs) I didn't see it coming, but let's just say that I blessed the Rocky Stairs. Stop. 
I know. Yeah, I love it. <laughs> it's so terrible. It's awful. <laughs> I'm like, I wasn't trying to get sloppy or anything. I was doing fine. And then he brings me a drink and it's like mixed with like Coke or Pepsi or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. It's so, like canned wine. So sorry. <laughs> <laughs> So Adrian, I need your locker talk story to like totally blow that one completely out of the water because that was <laughs> awful. But but I oh, remember no. that all our weekends beyond that just that moment, obviously. But <laughs> that was terrible. I know, but you know what? Looking back, don't you have like so many stories like that? I know I do. Yeah. I mean, stories that probably would get me fired <laughs> <laughs> if I was still there. Yeah. <laughs> we don't want that. I mean, let's dig in a little bit more to when you were dancing in the NBA, just because over that span of time, I mean, I'm just curious, like how much has really changed in terms of like, you know, the dancers pay or the, the way that they're treated. And I know it varies from team to team, but just kind of like, you know, the rules and the environment and culture of the Sixers during the time that you were on it. If you can kind of speak to that a little bit, sure. especially being so heavily involved with the team, I'm sure it must have been a positive experience for you, but I think we're seeing you know, the differences with each team and obviously the yeah. things that we're seeing lately. Well, you know, like I said, I feel like good, bad, and indifferent, it was all great for me. Like, yeah. I, I I loved it, and I was very fortunate. Um, After I became the uh, captain of the team, I didn't have to audition anymore. So mm -hmm. the audition process was kind of, I feel like it was more nerve-wracking for me because not only did the girls look at me as because essentially I was like a coach, right? Yeah. Um, although I didn't have the title right away, I was a coach. And um, I feel like being the captain of the team, that's what a captain's role is, is to kind of coach the girls and guide them. And I think the toughest part for me was when I knew a girl wasn't going to get hired back or they were looking to not bring her back. Mm -hmm. I had a really, I have to tell you, a really rough time with that because, you know, these girls like became my friend and it was very hard for me to separate myself from that. And the times that I knew things that I didn't want to know, yeah. you know, that made it really rough for me. And I know a lot of girls might not have believed that, but I, I wasn't allowed to say anything, you know? And sometimes I would like try to leak information to like certain girls. So like they would go and tell the, the girls that weren't going to be asked back and it was just crazy but it was like my way of trying to protect them right. and I think sometimes it was just looked at the wrong way the reason I'm saying all this is because my job although it was fun it wasn't always it wasn't always the best position to be in if you can appreciate that right yeah and so over time you know when I first started my first year it was the new core state center so it was the new building Alan Iverson's first year, he was a superstar. We haven't had a superstar on our team, I don't know what, since Dr. J, who knows, you know? <laughs> yeah. So there was like Pat Croce took over the team. It was the first year for the dance team, a dance team ever. They had oh, cheerleaders, Okay. but they never that. had dance team. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. So my first year was the first year and the coach that they hired, she was a local dance teacher. She was a local you know, studio owner. So she didn't really know much about the running a pro team or NBA or anything like that. So she really had to learn. So we were learning along with her. Mm -hmm. So we were really, truly there for the experience and the job. And we just really loved what we did. We weren't there to say, oh, look, we're Sixers dancers. Like, I don't know. And over time, I think, 
because my first team set that bar for the teams after. Mm-hmm. I think, you know, the younger generations sometimes have like that sense of entitlement sometimes because it's like they don't really truly understand what it's like to build something. Right. And my first team, like we really built it to be what it was, right. you know, because they had nothing else to go off of. And that's not saying like, oh, you know, we paved the way, but in a sense, we kind yeah. of did, yeah. you know? So I think over time, different generations of girls, I think is what changed the team the most. Got you. In my experience, mm-hmm. you know, going back, I wish I could have done certain things differently, but you live and you learn and yeah. it, it is what it is. But I, I loved all the girls. I loved everything that we stood for as far as the Sixers dancers went. We really tried hard to like keep that sense of like that wholesome girl next door type of thing although we were edgy at times and because Alan you know changed the NBA into this hip-hop you know community I I just ate that up because here I am (laughs) this little you know Italian chick you know Sicilian chick just you know (laughs) ballerina the flat as a board no boobs you know just totally look like a boy and then I turned myself and transformed myself into like this hip hop dancer. So uh, there were times that, you know, opportunities would arise and they'd be like, oh, okay, well, we need four girls, you know, um, how about you, 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 and you? And I'd show up and I'd be the only little white girl there, you know? So, um, <laughs> but I held my own, you know, and I loved it. I love all the different cultures and the different backgrounds that the girls you know, came from, I mean, you had Asian girls, black girls, white girls, um, city girls, girls from the farm next door, you know, like just, I just loved, I loved all the different personalities and there's just so much I loved about that job, really. You know, I know you guys are probably totally feeling everything I'm saying because I can see Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, because it is, like you said, good, bad, and the ugly, it's all, you still love it, you know, and you put so much time into it, and you have those relationships with people. I mean, it's interesting to hear, you know, you talk about the tough spot of being in a leadership role. I think we uh, touched on that with Deanna, with this being gals as well. It's just like when you're part of a team, and then you kind of get promoted through the ranks and become in a leadership role, that it impacts a lot of your friendships, and yeah don't always understand that dynamic you know of not in a position to say but I'm doing the best I can to protect you as a friend but you know it's it's hard yeah well and that's I think where my most regret is is how I handled certain situations but at the end of the day my job was to make the team what it was supposed to be and follow the rules of the organization. And that was my job. And if I didn't do that, then it was like, there's my you aunt. You couldn't have a mind. job. I was about to say and that. And then I wouldn't have a job. Right. <laughs> right. But again, you know, I would, going back, could I have done things differently? Maybe a little bit, but it wouldn't have changed much, you know? Yeah. So. Did you guys have a lot of, um, not crazy rules, but were the rules... I mean, I feel like Philly, that's what I liked about Philly. I think it was just kind of more or less, not reasonable, but just real about it. I couldn't imagine it right. being something that was just really bizarre and out there. But did you feel like the rules and expectations of the Sixers dancers were appropriate or, or not in some ways? I think some of the rules for when like I first started, I don't know if they're at this present time the same. I would assume they are. Some of them were just unrealistic. Like... For instance, if we were at a club or 
or at an event after a game and the players came in, like we were expected to leave. Like, now come on, I'm not going to up and roll because like, I don't give two craps. Yeah. You know, like we work together. That's great. Hi, how are you? Like, that's it. it. But I think they were so afraid that we would, you know, start dating each other. And uh, I mean, it's no different than, right? It's no different than any other job. Mm -hmm. It really isn't. And I say the suits because, you know, the corporate world that's not artists per se, they, mm-hmm. they don't really understand that end of it. You know, they're not performers, so they don't really understand it. It took me a few years to really, you know, look at that and say, hey, you know what? These roles are put into place, but they're put into place by people that don't understand fully where we're coming from, mm-hmm. right? you know, as artists, performing artists and how we've trained our whole life for opportunities like this. Like we're not going to put our job on the line to date a player and the players aren't going to put their job, you know, on the line or get in trouble just because they wanted to date one of us. I mean, that's ridiculous. Are there girls and and Mm -hmm. players that have ended up, you know, like there's a girl that was on my team who ended up marrying a player, but she didn't end up dating him till way after she was off the team. You know, it's just, you meet different people, but no one ever crossed that line, you know? And I think, they were always afraid and that kind of rule is no different anywhere else than any other kind of corporate setting but other than that I really you know I don't really believe there were many things I didn't agree with maybe one of them um, I feel 50-50 about and that's if a girl was hired at a certain weight or a certain way she should remain that way remain that weight. but there's a way to do it and a way to say it Because again, and we all know this, growing up as a dancer, there are so many different, you know, eating disorders and problems that dancers, you know, struggle with because essentially you're supposed to show your body and your body's supposed to give you that opportunity to get a job, right? But again, you're dealing with people that don't really understand that end of it. So a lot of times they would just have to rely on our coach to kind of get the message across if a girl started to lose too much weight or gain too much weight or her fat intake wasn't, you know, right. And I mean, they, they measured everything on us, you know, mm-hmm. and looking from the outside, looking in and looking back, I would change that. Mm. I would change that. If I was a director at this present time, I would fight to change that because what does it matter? Yeah. What does it matter? And I think things in the world are just changing so much. I mean, look, you have guys that are joining these teams now. I'm all for it. I was all for it back in 96, my first year. Like, why don't we have guys in the team? You know, but for whatever reason, you know, back then things were just a little different. But I think I would change that. Definitely. Um, Just little things like that. So there are girls, they'll say things to me still. Hey, you know, what do you think about the fact that I think it's Sacramento Kings is trying to do away with their dance team. And, and this is the entertainment world. I mean, what do you expect? It's things cannot remain the same forever. Change is good sometimes. And in, in their world, they need to sell tickets. Again, you're just a number, you know? So at the end of the day, that's the point of all this. It's to sell tickets and to bring fans in. And if they don't feel like the team is doing that, they're going to go a different direction. And that, I think, for me, was really hard to get across to the girls a lot of times. And I, I can remember this one time in particular, just feeling this one particular year that some of the girls just weren't, not that they weren't 
gelling with each other or had bad attitudes or anything. I just felt like they didn't quite get it, you know, get the fact of that. So I actually sat them down at rehearsal and I said, listen, I'm going to say this in the most nice way, but the, the most blunt way. No one gives a flying, you know what, that you are a Sixers dancer. No one cares that I was the captain of the team. No one is going to remember me when I'm gone, right? It's mm -hmm. just the plain, blunt truth. And it's not mean. It's not harsh. It's just the entertainment world, right? Look, I mean, there's artists out there that, I don't know, let's pick an artist from like back in the early 90s, you know, that might not be around right now his face isn't there. No one remembers him. No one cares. Mm -hmm. You know, it's the same thing for us. And um, so it's our job to like create opportunities out of this job as a pro dancer and use it as a stepping stone for other things, you know, which is what I chose to do once I left. Um, and I started Arena Dance Pros. I co-founded it with another girl who was never on a pro team, but she's my best friend. Mm -hmm. It was our maid of honor, all that good stuff. But she choreographed for the junior sixers and that's how I met her so after we both left we said you know what are we going to do so we traveled the country and we consulted girls and we worked with girls and we helped them get through the audition process and just helped take that fear of what if I don't make it you know I mean for us we've been there done that so we kind of get it you know if you don't make it you just try again next year but there are some girls that it really messes with their, their mojo. Yeah, yeah. And they don't want to audition for things again. And yeah, so we, we just acted as like that support system for them. We help them pick out their outfits, get them, you know, healthy and in shape and worked on their routines and just everything. And I think that's the most fulfilling thing that had come out of my job with the Sixers. And that was the one thing that I enjoyed the most when I was with the Sixers was helping the girls and fighting for them really you know yeah no I I'm thinking about what you were saying and it's interesting because I think perception changes especially once you retire but like you know the point that you were making like nobody really cares and like I don't even know how to say it but I just remember feeling that like at a game after I retired and I'm watching and while you're in it you feel like this is the whole entire world yes. everybody knows who you are that's your identity and I think going to the game after I retired and just seeing how life carried on around me like you know, the girls are out there dancing their hearts out and it's like, ta-da, yeah. look at me. And, and nobody's actually paying attention. And it was like, get the hell out of here. Like, are you kidding? I mean, for me, it was really kind of one of those moments, like, because we feel it, we're all the way in it. We're doing our best to put some entertainment out there. But at the end of the day, like you said, in terms of selling tickets or connecting with the fact that it's an industry, it's a business, and there has to be something that excites the fans and keeps them engaged. And I don't know. I guess for me, it was like a first time of realizing that maybe we're not, and it's not that we aren't great and amazing, but it's just kind of having right, that right. perspective, like, no, the world isn't revolving. Not as but. great as you think you are, right? <laughs> it's kind of humbling. Yeah. 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 Mm -hmm. yeah, it totally is. And I think that I got to a place of humbling myself prior to me actually leaving as far as that went. But I think that's one thing that you had asked that it would change. I probably would have changed the way I got that message across to some of the girls because I don't think mm -hmm. a lot of them were really ready to hear that at the time. Mm -hmm. Right now, I think they just thought, oh, well, she's been here for so long. Like, you know, like she can't quite understand or really get how we're feeling. No, 
I really did understand yeah. and I really got it. You know, I think I got a little too much at times. Yeah. You know, well, especially once you're in like probably like the marketing department and you're starting to hear the conversations around oh, yeah. how game day entertainment's packaged and put together and just like what dynamics go into that and really what they're looking for from a business perspective and what dance you're doing and who's in the front and whatever, like all those things don't really matter at the end of the day when it comes down to like just those kind of conversations as a corporation, you know, I'm with you. I would love to see, you know, as part of the experience for pro dancers in general, just to have a little bit more, just awareness of how a, a business is run in this way. Mm-hmm. Like, and I know that directors don't really probably have time to give yeah. them the breakdown. I mean, our director would sometimes share some of the conversations and explaining why we're, we're changing something. Or... Exactly. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Which was helpful. And it's easy to forget the business side of it. It's not just the appearances that you're booking. It's right. All, there's just so many other competing considerations. Right. To get the fans well, engaged. You were one of the little bit older ones, right, mm-hmm. at the time. And so you had a little bit more experience with life and just the way business works and have had different jobs. And I think that does make a huge difference. And I see that in experience because when I was 18, I was a greenhorn. I had no idea about life. I mean, I was a little Italian girl that my mom and dad sheltered. You know, I didn't have much experience with life in general. Mm -hmm. And I kind of, I say, grew up there, you know, because I did. I really, truly give a lot to that organization when it comes to me growing up because I learned a lot in business and you learn a lot through experience. Some people say, you know, you have to go to college. You have to, yes, college is great. It's wonderful. I'm not taking that away, but I didn't go to a regular college, you know? So for a lot of years that bothered me. I have to tell you, I toyed back and forth. Do I want to be a dancer? Do I want to go and be a podiatrist? Because I wanted to work with dancers. So I kind of had two different things in my head. My dad's family, they're all in the medical field, anesthesiologists and doctors and nurses and all this stuff. And I thought that's the route that I would go, but there's just that dance thing inside of me, that just that artist inside of me that it's hard to get rid of. You can't take that away. And you know, that lifespan of a dancer is very short, right? right? (laughs) But I really have to chalk up everything that I learned to that organization and just um, the experiences I've, I had there and just the conversations I had with, you know, the president of marketing at the time. And I just wanted to know so much. And I wish I could have shared all of that with every single girl that yeah. was there with me. But again, like when you had said, you had appreciated the fact that they offered up that information, but I don't truly think everybody quite gets it. Quite gets it. Yeah. Like you said, it's such a wide variety of places and experience where even if you did take the time and share all of that, I just think, like you said, it would just be lost on some people or or extra information that doesn't apply to me. I'm not really paying attention, but you know, it's a reality. And I think it'll help probably as people transition or look at it as this moment may not last forever. So you really should be thinking and approaching your years on a team, as like you said, as a stepping stone, or really at least keeping in mind, like what you would like to do next to leverage that background, because you don't want to feel like you're forgotten about. I mean, you can kind right. of ride until the wheels fall off, but you, you know, you have to think about what your mark will be. I mean, and what your next transition will be that kind of allows you to still feel like 
you're doing something with all of that wonderful experience. Cause I think that's where yeah. people kind of get lost. I mean, it happens, I think, just from retiring. What was your first year when you stopped dancing? Was it just really difficult for you or you were kind of um, at peace with well, it? Well, again, you know, it was difficult for me because I didn't, okay, well, first of all, I didn't know that I was going to be gone when I was gone. So, you know, I knew it was coming in a way because the talk prior to this was like a couple of years that they don't know if they want the dance team anymore. They don't know if they want the same type of girls. So I knew, you know, I was one of hardly anybody that has ever gone down the road that I have as far as being there that long. You know, I mean, players don't even last on the same team as long as I did sometimes, yeah. you know, <laughs> let's be real. Yeah. So although I knew it was coming, it still was hard for me. And that was in 2008. We had just not made the playoffs. And there was just a weird, a weird vibe that year that I just couldn't pinpoint, you know, like every other year, it's so strange, but every other year I, I knew what the girls were like. I could understand them. They understood me, but again, you know, it's younger generations coming up and people there for different reasons. And I just don't feel like that last year, everything like gelled the way that I was used to. And um, so I just sensed something. I couldn't pinpoint it, but I just sensed it. So when it was time for me to go, you know, I sat all the girls down and it's funny because a lot of them were just in shock. Some of them were crying because I think they thought, oh my gosh, A's finally going. And that means we're all going, you know? Yeah. I mean, she can't, she's not there to protect us. And it's funny because a lot of them ended up not going back. And it just was a transition period, you know? But again, I tried to prep these girls for that same thing that just was happening to me. And you always think that you're ready for it, but my heart wasn't ready, you yeah. know? Like my mind was ready, but my heart wasn't ready. It was like, I just wanted to be there, like, and just be engulfed in that world. It was all I knew at the time, you know? Yeah. So it was definitely hard but I wouldn't have changed anything. I really wouldn't because I wouldn't be where I am today, you know? Some of the listeners have probably written in, you know, over the course of this past year, but a lot of them touched on like the retirement and kind of knowing or finding a way to be at peace mm -hmm. with this yeah. isn't either made for you or that you make. Cause I think we can all relate. It's just, it's a weird feeling. Oh, yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. Even when you say, I said, I wanted to do five years. I got my five years, but then and I was at peace with it, like you said, mentally, but it still ached like crap. Like, you know, yeah. it just feels like you should still be out there. And oh, yeah. Giving me the and you know what? For me, though, it's so, it's so strange. I feel the way a lot of girls do, like, oh, I just want to get on the court one last time. And I just want to, you know, be in front of the fans. And I just want to perform. That, that's not even the biggest part for me. Like, mm -hmm. that's the part that I feel like I'm a lot different from other people and the part that still will always just be a part of me is just being there mm -hmm. just being there around all those people that work just as hard as I did to put on a show that was successful and just to be around those people right yeah that's the yeah. part that I'm I think I'll miss the most I loved the appearances getting out there with the community like and just being a part of something that's right. mm -hmm. Honestly, what what is. that's what it is. It's being a part Forever. of something. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, of course, like being in a cute costume and, you know, <laughs> like getting out there and doing what you love. But I think that's not even the biggest part for me. 
Yeah. Agreed. Yeah. That's the part where at least, you know, the friendships that you carry on through it will hopefully keep that feeling of being connected, but it's, yeah, that's definitely the hard part. And it's the, the intangible piece. I mean, I can go on and on about like the feeling oh. I have when I perform and yes. yes, I miss that. No, no dance class ever is going to make me feel that way ever. Yeah. Um, but you're, you're right. It's those relationships that, and just the time that you spend together because no other no, nothing else is going to come into your life take over in that way where you're just constantly having to be around these people not like in a bad way but you know you're just always yeah. together and you're always working your butts off together and so it's just a bond that you can't recreate you know people get dizzy and it's you know it's just different and, and you can't know. explain it either you know uh, one of the players uh, we had gone to um, Mexico City one year and one of the players I don't know they they had never wanted you to crisscross with each other, but for some reason they were like fine on this trip. And I think it's just because we were confined into like one hotel and like we were all just thrown into rooms and I'll never forget. It was Eric Snow and he had sat down with, yeah. And there are certain players that just had said things along the way that just like, I don't know, it just meant something because they are artists in their own right, you know, as far as like being in the, in the entertainment world. But a lot of times being in the world of the NBA, the NBA kind of takes over the talent portion of it, which is going back to what I was saying about, you know, the suits mm-hmm. and being corporate. I mean, they just don't fully get the talent end of it. You know what I mean? Right, right. So he had sat down with a couple of us and was like, you know, I just want to tell you girls, you know, I see the hard work that you put in. Awesome. I mean, for him to just sit there and just say just that alone was just, and he said, you know, when I see this talent that you guys have and the passion that you guys have, it's the same passion that we have and we have an understanding for each other. Mm-hmm. And that always like just stuck in my head, yeah. you know, and it's like, wow, I wish at those times that <laughs> the corporate people were saying to us like, oh, don't go to the same club. And, don't, and it's like, where were you for that conversation? you know mm-hmm. right it's just crazy so many different things that have just stuck in my mind and that's definitely will go down in history with me yeah. in my mind that we've had like Pete Carroll and like Russell and some players come into our practice and like surprise us and yeah they kind of have like that celebrity status so it's like amazing to see them there out of normal right but I just think it was so amazing to hear from them that they appreciated what we did and yeah. that they noticed all the hard work. So I can definitely agree to that. That went for some reason, when the players recognized that that was the most rewarding, I think for me, absolutely that people appreciated us because we're there for them. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. There's so many commonalities too, because mm-hmm. like you said, their careers are just as short and yep. you know, they don't really have a lot of decision making power in terms of, you know, where nope. they end up and it rips their heart out when they get traded and, I don't know. It's, it's something that I've always appreciated. I mean, because I was doing like sports business stuff back in the day and understanding from the player's perspective of like how uncertain their careers are between injuries and just the business of it. But it's nice when there's room for that mutual respect and for it to be able to be expressed. Like you said, it's just a conversation. It's not like, you know, we're cross-pollinating and creating a alien monster. Like it's just, yeah, you know, yeah. like we can handle a conversation. I I definitely think that times like that really do kind of, like you said, stick with you to understand that we are in this together. I, oh, that's what it was. I did a radio show because I had a similar moment with uh, Marcus Trufant that used to play for the Seahawks and he has a sports yeah. radio show and I was on as a guest co-host. But 
I think the light bulb went off for him. He was just, we were talking about the weather and like how they have to play in it. And he was just like, oh yeah, you guys are out there too. And I was like, yeah, we don't have heated blankets, (laughs) but it was, you know, I wasn't saying it like complaining, but it was just kind of like the moment the, the light bulb clicked for him of like, wow, you guys are really in it with this just as tough as we are if not tougher and I was like yeah because we're like not even dressed appropriately and and we're just dancing for four hours you know like yeah. it's, it's crazy but it's nice when they kind of get it and they can express it yeah it's so funny to think of the Allen Iverson era because like you said there were a lot of you know the big shots and definitely oh, the yeah. strong attitudes luckily oh. I think with the Seahawks too we had respectful players and it really wasn't yeah. just like if they know that just by walking in and we're there that we have to disperse, I mean, that power dynamic says a lot. Like, I just think it's great to have stand-up guys who would understand that they're not, you know, God's gift to the earth such that people have to, like, disappear just because you're on yeah. the team. Like, it sends the wrong message that we're, like, not as important. I don't know. That that always bothered me. I don't like that rule at all. I don't, I don't <laughs> either. I yeah. have to tell you that um, although we had, you know, AI on our team and like, he was like the talk of the NBA for so many years, we never were treated that way with them because they respected us. Again, I mean, what Eric Snow had said, they all felt like that. And it was kind of cool because Alan's first year was my first year. It was like the first year of all that dynamic <laughs> hip hop going into the NBA by yeah. Alan was like, you know, that's history in the making right there, right? It was you know, controversial back then too, because oh my gosh, it was like this whole talk of like, you know, this new school thing and people should dress for the games in suits and not in oh. like all his, you know, it was, I remember yeah. that it was definitely like, I mean, yeah. I went to school at Georgetown, so I went to school while Alan was there too, but yeah, um, but yeah, he totally changed the game and just think, oh yeah, that whole team and you guys too, and what you were dancing to. Yeah, I I think that was the coolest thing. Speaking of All-Star, going back to that, you know, you see all different celebrities and stuff. And I think, you know, for us girls, being around all different celebrities constantly, like, you're kind of immune to it, right? You you don't think like a fan does in the sense of, oh my gosh, look, Justin Timberlake. Like, yeah, that's cool and all, but like, you're like working, you're like, it's (laughs) like, that's great. He's going to sing, I'm going to dance, it's all good. Like, we got a lot going on. But um, I look back and I think to myself, well, I really didn't care, right? Of who you were dating. Yeah, well, yeah. because we interview people all the time yep. and they talk about their careers and they're like, yeah, I dance for like, you know, Missy and, and they'll just name drop. But I guess I get it. Like, I'm starstruck listening because it's like, really? <laughs> what was that like? But, you know, yeah. you're, you're, you're working, I guess. And you're thinking yeah. about what you're about to do in performing. So I, it makes sense, but it's always like, do you look back and think, dang, like I was really doing it? Or do yeah. you know if you have enough footage of what you were doing too? I just feel like no. those moments are not really like packaged in a nice end of the year DVD for you or something where you can no. like look back on all of those memories. No. I know I have a lot of <laughs> VHS tapes. <laughs> <laughs> That's hilarious. Uh, my daughter will never even know what that is. Uh, but anyway. <laughs> Yeah, I, I probably should get them, like, you know, downloaded right. somehow to a, or converted and downloaded and all that good stuff. But um, no, I don't feel like I have enough of that. You know, I, I don't. I, I wish I did. But, like, maybe something that's different today where these girls today, they can just hashtag anything and then it pops onto their Instagram and, you right. know, there you go. Yeah. But 
I mean, they're going to have footage for years to come, you know, mm -hmm. like me, I'm like trying to Google, like, you know, 1996, like, of course it's not going to come up. You know what I mean? <laughs> Yeah, no, and that's so frustrating, though. I wish everybody could just see you look like, I swear, you look the same exact way. Stop it. It's crazy. I'm not even kidding. You're but, like, funny. I wish... I'm blushing. You're making no. me feel real good right now, Nikita. <laughs> no, because you do. But it's like, I mean, it's just crazy to think of, like, the how, how much has changed in a short span of time because, you know, the pictures and what we were taking pictures with back then and the mm -hmm. oh, yeah. media exploding, like, it's just crazy. I mean, I just wish that like people who are in the industry now can appreciate, really truly appreciate how much they have at their fingertips of the memories and capturing all of these moments is so different. Yeah. And, and keep it all organized and just know that that's really a luxury. That not yeah. Hey, if I would have known that this whole you know, Kardashian reality world thing was the way it was today. If I would have known that back then, I would have been the one creating it because <laughs> my life would have been, you know, documented each and every step of the way. I would have loved that because I feel like, you know, like with the Dallas Cowboy cheerleaders, they document their audition process and stuff. And, mm -hmm. and it's pretty cool, you know, right. to be able to see that. I wish I, wish I had that uh, just like you wish you did. Yeah, no, uh -huh. I mean, I got a little snippets here and there, but it's yeah. not, um, not the kicks days and just the fun things that you just, it's all in our memories. And that's why we're just so thankful to be able to talk to you because obviously with such a long career in the NBA and just knowing that there's like a ton of memories that you have and like, we just wanted this platform to be a way of like sharing those stories. There's just like some really dope people in our world that nobody will no. know about unless, you know what I mean? So I'm yeah. Just, Thankful that we got to talk to you, seriously. Yeah, well, I've heard so I much about you. you. <laughs> so nice to finally meet you. I know, I'm so happy to meet you too. This is like, well, tell me about yours. I want to hear about your experience. Oh, true. Yeah. Oh, pressure yeah. on us. Right? Um, yeah, I did audition. I tried out at 18. I didn't make it because I didn't really have a dance background. So Makiba and I were kind of in the same boat. And that's what we kind of bonded over. It took us both yeah. three or four tries to make the team. Mm -hmm. uh, we were rookies together. And I just totally agree because by the time I made it, I was 21. Yeah. And so just thinking about, wow, what would my life be like if I made it at 18? And, you know, just all the pressures, again, about like body image and just the responsibilities, you know? I don't think I, I've never had a job like that and I never will, but it just... I think it does help to have some kind of professional career before that, just so you understand how it's going to work. But again, it's going to be like an artist professional profession. It's just like the weirdest combination, but yeah. I did it for six seasons. There was a point in there where I didn't make it back on the team. Oh um, yeah. So yeah, I feel like me and Makiba combined have dealt with like everything imaginable that yeah. a dancer could go through during yeah. their career. So yeah, it's pretty much, yeah. I mean, it's been a crazy, crazy ride, but it's nice when you have somebody that you can do it with that just gets, yeah. it, gets everything that you're going through, especially when it's just like, it completely takes over your life and you have no way of yeah. for the experience, like none, especially coming into it as late as I did, Adrian, it was like, what no. is happening? Like, <laughs> well, how were, how old were you, Nikita? Um, your first year? I had to be 31. You were an old lady, huh? I was. No joke. <laughs> yeah. I mean, there were old people on the team when my rookie year, but um, but it definitely started to skew a lot younger. So yeah, when I finished. Girls were half my age. I finished 
was it 38? Yeah, I was 38 when I stopped. So, wow. Wait, is that right? Brittany, something's wrong with my math. I, that's probably when I started auditioning, I feel like. I'll get it together. Math and me are not friends, but I was in my 30s. <laughs> Put it that way. I was in my 30s when I made the team, for sure. Maybe 32. And you still look like you're in your 30s. Oh, gosh. Bless your heart. I know. I've seen pictures on the Kiva. Like, yeah. There's something in the well, bottom. How old are you? I'm 29. You look like you're 22 years old. Like, <laughs> seriously. We all look 22. Forever 21, yeah. right? Yes. Yeah, let's just go with that. Forever 21. <laughs> It's so awesome to see you girls doing this. Really. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. It's awesome. And I think that's what I love the most. Like after I left was helping girls like, and just staying in that world, you know, Mm -hmm. there are so many different opportunities and roads you can go down, you know, um, as far as pro sports. One thing I will share with you, which I'm very proud of too, is that there's a convention called Pro Dance. Do you know Pro Action? Mm Mm-hmm. Mar- yeah, we um, were proactive. So, yeah. 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 So Marina and Mina, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. Marina or Tiger. So I know them very well. When I was on the dance team, their pro action didn't exist. There was pro dance. And the woman that started pro dance was the original coach of the San Antonio Spurs. So my first year there was when I was 20, but I think that's when she started it was my third, like third year on the team. So we went every year, the Sixers would send me along with my coach and I would represent the team. And I won some scholarships there to go out to LA and, you know, they ended up really liking me. And um, I was the only girl that was a pro dancer that got to teach my peers ever at that convention, which was really cool. But I taught with Nina and Marina Oh my gosh, that's awesome. Yeah, so I'm very proud of that. Like, they're the types of things that just will always just be in my head, you know? Like, well, like, I was the only girl to ever do that, you know? Yeah. But who else? Do you remember what routine it was or, like, what style or vibe it was? (laughs) That I taught? Yeah. I taught all sideline routines. And it was, I think I taught two hip-hop routines Two, like, jazz, funk, and then one, like, prop with, like, palms. And I am not a pom-pom girl, but, you know, you have to be. (laughs) You know? And that's how Marina and Mina got into this, was per dance. Okay. Wow. Yeah. So they basically, from doing that one, started... Yeah. Got it. Uh And there was, like, Tabitha Napoleon. Yeah. I taught with them, and um, J-Lo's (laughs) ex-husband. What's his name? (laughs) I forgot, I forgot his, name. his name. Yeah. Talk about who cares about celebrities. I totally forget his name. You know, <laughs> I'm talking about real good looking. Yep. Guy. Yeah. Yeah. Him. Him. Uh, <laughs> nice to look at. Um, <laughs> but yeah, that, that was a really fun time. Really fun time. But I just was actually talking with Marina the other day. Oh, cool. oh my God. Yeah. We keep hearing both their names. I'm obsessed oh, with their twins. Like, if we could talk to them one day, that would be so, so cool. They are the sweetest sweetest people and I love them because their stuff is real clean it's funky it's got like a hip-hop vibe a lot of times but it's real funky and clean Clean. so if you watch like the Celtics dancers you'll see like her work just really clean I love it I love it um and it reminds me like my earlier years on the team how like everything 
you know, how to be, you know, precise. And like, I think me and Makiba have talked about that, that like, I don't know, just like the classic, just big moves, fun dances, fun dances have kind of like went away. It's like all this intricate hip hop stuff that is not good to watch personally, you know? You know what it is? It's like, that's because that's what the dance world's becoming is just, right. well, you know, you know, you see yeah. all like the videos on YouTube and stuff, but that's not what's good for the court. And that's yeah. where the knowledge of what looks good on the court and working with, you know, your surroundings and that atmosphere coaches, they need to go up into the stands and see it. Watch it. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. And if you remember, that was one thing that all the girls, they still say this to me, a lot of the girls that dance with you used to always go up into the stands but we appreciate that now you know because yeah. if it doesn't look good down there and then they would be like what do you mean you're changing the eight eight counts i'm like well because it doesn't look good yeah, we're yeah. Just changing it yeah we're changing it. <laughs> yeah it's all about the bigger the better you know mm-hmm. i love hearing that because i feel the same sure. way like i know that there's a lot of camera work and fanciness now where they can kind of get cool views to see what's yeah. happening but it's it doesn't look that way from up high so it's no. And it's such a shame because it's a great routine. It's not that it's anything wrong with it. It's just, it's the court or it's the yeah. football field, you know, that's yeah. not, yeah, it's get it's getting lost in translation. But it, I'm like, oh, I agree. I, yeah. <laughs> I'm so glad you guys said this because that, that is definitely one thing that bothers me when yeah, I yeah. go to a game and I see like, just like these little intricate things and they're being lost out there. Yeah, and it's like, right. No, like imagine you're that you're you're that fan in like the two hundred section. Like you cannot see one movement. You just see formations. Yeah. And you see big arms and big movements. That's it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's it. Perfect. And just the precision, right? If we could get back to that, if every team could get back to that, then I truly believe that some of these teams wouldn't be worried about getting rid of the dance teams. Yeah, because I was going to ask you that, too, because I feel like that's part of somewhere in the last few years. I just feel like there's been a disconnect and yeah, not at all fair to some of the girls or the teens. And it's not it, it is what it is. But I just feel like somewhere there's a disconnect between what the girls might have been delivering on the court and, and the fan reception of it for whatever reason. I don't know that that's my theory, my conspiracy theory, but I just feel like maybe it became more about us looking good to ourselves, you know, we all yeah. know we look good. We all know we practice. We're all looking at ourselves in the mirror. We we have our social media presence. Like we know we look good, and we we aren't thinking of how we're being received as much. And I just right. not that fans weren't appreciating what we were doing. Like nobody did, but I just don't think it was really like presented in a way that really like I want you to connect with me. Like one of our right. previous dances that fans loved was like not my favorite dance because it was kind of hokey, but it was like some seventies what the heck was it called? 45. And it was like this, I mean, we'd have a soul train line in it. It was just like all these crazy little dance moves, but the fans freaking loved it. And it's like putting out something like that, that connects them to what you're doing. Well, they need to relate to it, right? Yeah. That's our job is to make them to relate to what we're doing. But if you're pulling out all these little intricate things that no one can see, like, <laughs> yeah, that, no. Yeah. And I think that's, again, going back to like the generations changing and the mindsets changing of the generations that are coming in, like the understanding of everything about the job is not always understood. And 
I feel like it needs to be retaught. So yeah. hearing you right now, Makiba, is awesome because everyone, you know, in the dance world that does what we did is so worried about making it interesting for themselves and, and making it fun for themselves. It's not about you. It's your job. Get mm -hmm. out there and make it fan appreciative, mm -hmm. right? And I mean, it That's just is what I it feel is. Like we lost our way. That's all I'm going to say. I mean, I think I'm, I hated everything that was going on, in, you know, six months ago-ish. You know, the decisions weren't handled in a very respectful right. manner. And I don't think, like you say, the suits maybe did a good job translating that or conveying that to what they were really looking for. But, you know, I just think when we lose sight of like who your audience is and what your true purpose is in performing for people, I just think that's kind of what happened in a way. I don't know. I, you know, each market's different and, you know, yeah. or circumstances, I guess. But I just think if we can get back to like what you said, or the, I don't know, something's, something's missing. And if we could plug that in, whatever that yeah. is, I just think it'll make a difference. Change is good. Yeah. Change is good in our world. And I think if everyone, coaches, dancers, organization can just come together and, and come to an agreement of what the change should be and yeah. make it good for everybody, not just, oh, well, we own the team. So we don't want to see these girls anymore. We want to see, you know, gymnasts. Well, guess what? Gymnasts can do a lot of fun things, but season ticket holders come to every game. And that's what a lot of entertainers have to remember they come to every game so no matter how exciting it is it's always going to be the same show because it's the same thing over and over again just different routines so like how can we keep the girls around and the dance I say dancers now because again you have men too that are doing what we do but how can we make it exciting you know and that's the job of the marketing team is like how can we take what we have make it bigger better and get it out there yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's the ticket. That's what will be very interesting to watch as I mean, I wish we could have money up the yinny to go to every goddamn game and performance everywhere to be able to see. Um, oh, I would love it. I just think it'll be interesting to see. I mean, even if they are certain teams are testing like, well, what is not having a team at all? Like what's real right. impact? Like Dallas hasn't put one out. And I just think it'll be really interesting because I think that'll be telling. Like if nobody's asking for the dancers or we miss them or bring them back or whatever, I mean, it may be something yeah. where they're just like, we're not doing it for a couple of years. Who knows? It's crazy. Yeah. Well, you know what? I, I think this too, like, and it's weird because I used to think it when I was on the team, but being out there in little costumes and, you know, although we're not like gyrating and, and throwing ourselves all over the floor, some people could take it that way because of maybe what mm -hmm. we're wearing or what we're doing or how we're, you know, just with the light that we're being shown in, right? Mm -hmm. But that's not up to us. That's the marketing. Yeah. Right. So it's up to the organization to put us in the right light. So again, it's a joint effort. And we really have a lot to bring as dancers and the talent that we have along with our knowledge of just the art world and what can sell. So in a sense, like we'd be great for the market. resources, teams. right? Yeah, <laughs> like, right. We're great resources. So yeah. bring, bring them in, let them, let these girls go in there and, and go to these meetings about the entertainment and give their, you know, feedback because they're on the inside hearing what fans actually want. They're the people that are, connecting with the fans one-on-one -on -one. Yeah. so people are you know you know it 
they come right up to you and they say, I didn't like that routine. I loved Mm -hmm. that song that you did. Or I liked the song that the mascot was out there, you know, performing to. How come you guys don't do a routine to that? (laughs) Everyone was going crazy. And it's like, duh, well, it's that easy, you know? So that's so true. It it just, oh, it drives me crazy. Like, (laughs) I just want to get back in there and be like, do this, do that. Like, let's, you know, make these girls have a, a long lasting career like they could they They could could. have the same and be treated the same way that these players are yeah that's our dream I I don't know (laughs) I'm not gonna give up hope I mean I think you know obviously having a union does make a difference in just having a collective voice and a a seat at the table to bargain and negotiate on what's going to be happening and with your bodies and how you're presented and how you're portrayed and all those things and it's just yeah it's a direction that I would love to see us be able to go just because it'll just make a big difference. I think overall in the, us actually preserving an industry of pro dance and pro cheerleading, like I worry about it without us moving that direction. You know what I mean? Because yeah. the decisions are going to be made for us left and right. And depending on the organization, they may bring you in for input, but I just think we should have a better seat at the table. Clearly that that's what came out for me the most with all the NBA decisions was just like, they didn't even just think that we deserved to even have right. the respect of being told properly. Like, exactly. that's a situation that definitely hopefully will change with, with time. But we want to be respectful, obviously, of your time. Shoot. I mean, I know we've gone way over, Adrian, but like. <laughs> it's all right. I had a blast. <laughs> I'm glad. I mean, you have so many years. I'm like, sometimes we've been playing like drop it like it's hot, but I just know you have some good locker talk stories so bad. I don't know if you thought of any, but. Oh, I have so many. <laughs> I'm so Pick your favorite. Give Pick us my favorite, like juicy favorite. Yeah. Yep. Okay. <laughs> so again, we weren't allowed to hang out or anything like that. But I won't name people, but at this one particular point of my career there, it was such a, a thing. It was all constantly in our face and being told to us, like, you can't talk to the players, you can't fish, you can't do that. Da, da. Well, the players even got annoyed by it. So much so. Oh, yeah. And, like, they never said anything. We never said anything. But some of them were just so annoyed at that that we were being treated that way. So, which was awesome that someone was actually backing us up a little bit. So, we're all out one night. And us girls, you know, we we would try to, we kind of, like, formed, like, a sisterhood, right? So, we all go out. And I just had turned 21. And so, of course, they're like, oh, we're going to go out, you know, all this stuff. So we go. And a couple of the players walked in and we're like, oh, crap. You know, like, what are we going to do? We have to leave. Well, one of the players had a friend there and he had sent his friend over and he said, listen, such and such knows that you're going to be expected to leave if he's here. So he can't say, but why don't you go down to Atlantic City? And like suggested to us that we go to Atlantic City and we're like, actually, we're already going to Atlantic City. Sure, we're going. Well, we get down there and I don't know how he like knew where we were or whatever, but you know, we got down there and sure enough, he came over, sat down at the blackjack table with all of us and we sat there all night long playing blackjack, playing slots, drinking, just having a grand old time as if we didn't even work for the organization. It was like the most freeing night, you know, it was like, although we weren't that far away from Philly, (laughs) 
um, you know, Atlantic City felt like it was like Tokyo to us that night. And um, it was so fun. It was so fun. So were you gambling with their money too? That makes it even better. Oh, we, yeah. Yeah. We all had money that night. (laughs) We all had money that night. And it wasn't even thought twice. It was like, look, we want you, I want you to have a good time. And I just want to get to know all of you. You've all been nice to me and accepting of me. And, you know, just want you to know that I appreciate what you do. And it was really cool. That it's really cool. Oh, so cool. That is yeah. awesome. Okay, that's pretty freaking awesome. That is <laughs> yeah, that's fun. Like being able and to- only a few years into your career, huh? You started breaking oh, the rules yeah. early. No, I'm, yeah. I'm like, oh, I totally could be fired right now. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> but I think it proved yeah. the point that it's actually not that big of a deal. And like, you no. can hang out and just be friends and coworkers. And like you said, have yeah. the same respect as artists, as, you know, the talent. And that's all it is. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. And what a fun yeah. freaking night. Oh, well, hey, yeah. So yeah. Definitely. And I have one more and then I'll let you go. Um, So All-Star, Jamie Foxx was at All-Star. You know, again, Alan bringing hip-hop into the NBA. It was like huge. It was like my prime as a dancer and, you know, Alan's prime in his career. And um, so hip-hop was everywhere. I mean, you could not not hear a hip-hop song coming down to the Sixers. Just on any team for that matter. Anyway, so... Jamie Foxx, you know, how he sings and everything like that, too. But he had come over and he was like, I love these girls. They're, you guys are awesome. Like, you're my favorite mm-hmm. NBA dance team right now. Like, come to my party, my after party one night. We're like, yeah, right. Like, he's just trying to be nice. Well, sure enough, he gives us all tickets. We go. We had a blast. Oh, it was so God. much fun. And he ended up, I don't even know if he came, but we just had so much damn fun. It didn't even matter. <laughs> And um, that summer, I was at ProDance, and he happened to be in San Antonio. And ProDance was, like, in San Antonio sometimes, and it was in Vegas sometimes. It was just all over. And then he had come walking down the hallway, and we're in the middle of classes, and he yells at the top of his lungs in front of every other team there, my Sixers dancers. He starts screaming. Like that's how we knew that like he, he really meant what he said, you know? So it was pretty, a pretty cool moment, you know, that we were being recognized for what we did. So yeah, it was good. He yelled Adrian, like, (laughs) (laughs) let me tell you, isn't that the worst Brittany? That no, I, I'm Adrian, and I'm on Philly's team. <laughs> I think it's amazing. <laughs> no, it's crazy. Every day of my life, at least one time, someone says that to me, and it was even worse down there. Yeah. Oh, no. You probably hate <laughs> me for that. <laughs> no. No. <laughs> definitely not okay oh my god those are some good stories i'm sure you have tons more i know. appreciate you sharing I them oh yeah absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> you so guys are so cute this has been great i mean we have this background obviously knowing each other but just to be able to talk like this and get to know you yeah. more and more about your career and just again you have such a, an awesome background and and oh thank you I'm happy to be able to like share it with everybody and what are you up to now? You know, I went to art school. So, you know, I was I always dabbled in like acting and, and dance and all that kind of stuff. So I just was in a movie. I had 
Yeah. So I just had a um, supporting role in a movie and it's an independent film and some really cool uh, actors are in it. One of them being Norm, you know, Norm from Cheers, George Went. Yeah. Um, he, oh he was in it. it. It just was a really, really cool, fun project to work on. So I'm kind of like getting back into that. But I'm married to my grade school sweetheart, and um, oh, I have a six-year-old little girl who's adopted from Sierra Leone, West Africa, and um, we're just living the dream, having a blast, so oh yeah, that's so awesome. awesome. And she's a dancer, yeah? You got her in dance classes? Yes, but oh, I will cool. tell you, she's more of a gymnast. Um, she takes ballet because, you know, you need ballet for everything, ladies, so um <laughs> She goes to Ross Cross Point Gym and she loves every minute of it. So she's, she, I think she's going to be a gymnast and she takes acting and stuff too. So, so yeah. Awesome. Well, congrats Super on cool. the movie. You can definitely Thank you. drop the name. We can add links to our show notes. Yeah, totally will. Congratulations. That's awesome. Aww, thanks. Aww. Thank you. Well, thanks for having me on. And I, I'm just so happy to see your face, Makiba. And oh Brittany, you. it's live and not Facebook land. Seriously. I know. I come to Philly, definitely. We're. Can you come stay with me? Oh my God. Yes. Seriously. I would love you too, Brittany. Yes, that'd be so fun. She, Makiba yeah. showed me around for my bachelorette party and we had a blast. Oh, so. really? Oh, yeah. I know. It's so fun. It's I know. Fun. It is fun. It's so fun. Absolutely. We'll make that yeah. happen in the spring. We'll let the winter do its thing and then. Absolutely. Because yeah. <laughs> yeah. we, we're probably in for a nasty winter, but. I, I can't even deal. Like already, I'm like, this, oh. this cold, I just can't. I can't. I can't. I'm, this is when I get grumpy, you know, honestly, like the weather, when it starts to change, it gets darker. And then I'm just kind of like, oh. yeah, yeah. Okay. So in the spring, in the spring, yeah. we will be talking. <laughs> yeah. Come out and say, I would love it. I would oh love my it. Gosh. And I would love to meet your daughter. Seriously. I'm just so in love with her over social media. Oh, thanks, <laughs> well, thank you again. Seriously. No problem. It's nice no meeting you officially. I know you too. Bye. <laughs> Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.